improves medical outcomes. It helps people sleep better. There's all kinds of things that it does. This like weird practice of like stopping our distraction and our doing and just being right. And for parents, it, it helps us to be less reactive. You're listening to episode 432 of the Mindful Parenting Podcast. Today, we're talking about less reactive, more present mindful parenting with myself and Lynn Weller. Welcome to the Mindful Parenting Podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Parenting, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark-Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 25 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting course, and I'm the author of the international bestseller, Raising Good Humans, and now Raising Good Humans Every Day, 50 Simple Ways to Press Pause, Stay Present, and Connect with Your Kids. Hey there, welcome back to the Mindful Parenting Podcast. So glad you are here. Listen, if you get some value from this podcast, please do me a favor. Help it grow the show by telling one friend about it and you can make a huge difference. And I greatly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with our community manager, Lynn Weller, and we're going to be talking about what is mindful parenting. So it's kind of like a special reverse interview with me. And I mean, I know, I know that mindfulness is such a buzzword these days. So what exactly is mindful parenting and how do we do it? So we're going to talk about mindfulness and how it has benefited me and all these families I work with, as well as how mindfulness is not enough. We're going to talk about how to be less reactive, how to communicate better. And we're also going to talk about how we can teach mindfulness to kids. So this is an awesome episode. I know you're going to like it. And I want to give a quick shout out to you if you did the survey, the Mindful Parenting podcast survey. I've been reading through all the survey results. I really appreciate your kind words about the podcast. Some people want it longer. Some people want it shorter. I don't know what to do. So we're going to keep doing some of the things we're doing. Some people just said, rock on. It's great. You love it. Well, great. Thank you. Thank you so much. So there are going to be some changes coming in the new year. We're going to be sharing more with you. There's a lot coming. So yeah, if you love the podcast, please share it with one friend. Tell them to subscribe and listen. It's, it's a great thing to do. And, and yeah, this is what we're talking about today is becoming less reactive and more present with mindful parenting. So let's get to it. Let's dive into this episode. Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to Mindful Parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful Parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. 
A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful Parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child, no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. So I am super excited here today to talk to my friend, my teammate, my student, all kinds of ways we have together, Lynn Weller. And Lynn Weller is working on becoming a certified mindful parenting teacher. She's the community manager for mindful parenting. She's just an awesome lady all around. And she's going to ask me some questions. We're talking about what is mindful parenting, right, Lynn? Is that what we're talking about? That's right. That's right. We want to dive in to understand mindful parenting and and hear it right from you. All right. That sounds good. But maybe we should know just a little bit about you and who you you were. You came into my life as a mindful parenting member, first of all, right? I did. I was really concerned with yelling, concerned with, um, you know, stopping that behavior because it's something that I grew up with a lot and something that I easily resort to. And um, I've always been drawn to mindfulness and, you know, starting to hear you talk about um, the barriers of communication and bringing mindfulness into parenting was really, um, you know, something I was drawn to. So um, I, I dove into the Mindful Parenting course, became a member and, you know, started to see how it changed the way that I parent, how it changed the way that my kids interact with me. Um, how it changed like our family life, you know, and the amount of calm that we can bring into our family. Cause you know, it's, uh, it's, um, everyone has, you know, days where it gets a little crazy, but, um, mindful parenting really helps bring, uh, bring calm into our home. So that's been oh. super important to me. And it brought me to you and to all the, the wonderfulness that is, um, oh. you know, mindful mama mentor and mindful parenting. So. Oh, I have a quick question for you, even though you're supposed to be asking me questions. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> so everybody always asks me, like, what about my parenting partner? What if I do this? My parenting partner is like not on board. Did did the mindful parenting stuff start to like kind of like leak over to your husband's side of the bed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely did. And, um, you know, it, I thought that was a really interesting part of the journey because I did just jump into it, um, you know, without uh, really having my husband, uh, not like he wasn't on board, but, you know, he wasn't really interested in changing the way that he parents. 
And um, so we've had lots of conversations about the differences, about what um, what he thinks is the right way to do things, how it's different from the way that I do things. And, you know, he sees that the kids react to me differently, you know, mm-hmm. just um, uh, the relationship that, you know, you have with your children. It's a it's an individual, you know, uh, relationship with them. And so there it's different with um you know, one parent than the other. And um, he sees that and, you know, he um, is, you know, interested in learning more and more. And, you know, it doesn't always like, it's not like it instantly changes how he does everything, but it really opens his eyes to something a little different and and makes him, you know, um, see a different way. And that's been, that's been really valuable. And then the biggest thing is, mindfulness itself which i know we're going to we're going to talk about but he he started to meditate and after oh, wow. years and years of me asking him to meditate maybe not so nicely <laughs> saying like you need to meditate <laughs> and um and he he did start to meditate after a while and now does it consistently and um just feels a lot different from from uh, just meditating too. So, hundred um, percent, oh. you know, um, ex, you know, broadens into you know the other parent, even though uh, they might not be like say they're on board or they might not you know fully uh, understand or even agree with everything. But um, that it's been really helpful. That's awesome. Rock on. Yay. All right. Good to hear. All right. I'll stop hogging the question part of the podcast. I'll let you. Yeah, yeah, of course, because we want to know what is mindful parenting for those who are new, for those who maybe heard it before. But, you know, we really want to know, bring some clarity into this. And, um, you know, of course, mindfulness is, uh, you know, mindful parenting centered around mindfulness. So can you tell us, like, how did mindfulness actually help you? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I was a highly sensitive kid as I have as a highly sensitive kid. And I was always one of those people who just like feels everything really, really deeply. And I would be a lot of people, you know, my brother would talk about my enthusiasm and I have that. I'm, I I kind of come out with other people and, you know, I have a lot of extroversion, but then I would fall into sort of these, I would go on the opposite side of the roller coaster and I would fall into these pits for a long time. Like I would just, you know, I just always felt everything way more than it seemed like everybody in my family did at least. And um and I really struggled just dealing with life. And I started reading about mindfulness when I was a teenager, just wanting some relief from that. And then I started reading some books. And then in college I I started reading more and more and more. I just really kind of kept it had a fascination with Buddhism, with mindfulness. That's when I discovered um, Zen Master Thich Nhat Hanh and his books. I think one of his first books I read was Being Peace, um, which I just bought like my fourth copy of because I keep giving it to people. <laughs> um, and just like reading about all these things and like doing some more things in my life more mindfully, I remember I stopped. Uh, I stopped listening to headphones when I went for uh, a run and I would practice just being with my breath and looking at the environment and things like that when I was on a run. And then I started doing some yoga. And then finally, kind of like 10, 10 years after doing all this reading about it, 
I even it was even one of the conversations, the first conversations I had with the man who's now my husband when we were both 20 was about like mindfulness. So funny. Then 10 years later, I finally I, I did a yoga teacher training and then I was finally able to sit for 10 minutes a day. And um, and the, you know, to cut to the chase, it made a huge impact on my life. I thought it wasn't working after like, I you know, a couple months. I was like, this is I sit here thinking the whole time, like, I don't know what this is doing. I'm, I'm bad at this. I can't do this. And but then I realized like, oh, I am. My life is really different in that those pits that I had fallen into like every week, maybe sometimes multiple times a week or every two weeks, like I would just be like, life is overwhelming. <laughs> I'd have a cry and I'm, you know, everyone said it's your artist's temperament. And, but, but those basically like I stopped falling into those pits. I basically was just able to recover from life's emotions more quickly. And it was like, a huge, huge game changer for me as far as being able to just be more effective in everything in life. So that was like a couple of years before I had my first daughter, but it really, really changed things a lot for me. It, it made a huge impact. And I like that you said after 10 years, you were able to sit <laughs> for 10 minutes in, a, in your yoga training, because I think that people think instantly that they're going to have these like extended meditation experiences that are like, you know, all like um, like Zen and everything. And I think it's like just what you said. So important to realize it. You know, it is a practice, right? It, yeah, it really, really is. And then you sit and you're like, yeah, you you think, you know, you think you're just gonna like, you you know, I don't know. You see these images of people sitting cross-legged and their hands are in funny positions, and then they're like floating on a cloud of bliss. And that's kind of what we think is going to happen. It's kind of what I thought was going to happen, and it was really, really the opposite of that. It's so mundane. It's really boring. You know, you notice that your mind is like a crazy. You know, you you don't think this is how your mind was beforehand. You think the meditation has made your mind this way, but then you just wake up to like how your mind just jumps around from thing to thing and then ruminates on something and comes back to something again and again and again a million times. And you get this clarity into the nature of the human mind, which is is a little frightening, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and I think it, that can be hard to get past that initial, um, oh, crap, this is this this is this how I normally am? Like, it's much more comfortable to distract ourselves from the reality of what our minds are like. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, too. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcast right after this break. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. 
So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. We are supported by Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math Mysteries About True Histories. It's a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. I highly recommend this podcast. It is really wonderful, especially if you have kids like around like six plus, but it can totally be enjoyed by the whole family. So I listened to the episode, The Pirate Queen, and you're just dropped right in the middle of the action. People are fighting. There's sword fight. And then these kids, they've gone on a time travel mission and they have to solve problems in the midst of it. And it really just like exemplifies everything we support here at Mindful Parenting. You know, kids who are adventurous, doing things on the world, they're capable. And then they do things like they have to do math, they have to think critically, they have to code break and pattern solving and all this great stuff. Beyond just the Pirate Queen episode, which I highly recommend, episodes transport listeners to moments in history, too, like Pythagoras, Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. So jump in with your family. Follow the adventures of Max and Molly on an adventure through time with puzzles and hidden equations and laughs. And it really does make learning really fun and really cool. Perfect for ages six and up. New episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids, and you can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. That's Mysteries About True Histories. So tell me then, how does mindfulness benefit parents, parents in general? Okay, yeah. How does this thing I've described as like terrible and uncomfortable? And yeah, it's like, well, honey, you're really selling it. I'm feeling, I feel like I really want to practice now. Uh, So it's crazy because it is this thing, it is mundane. And okay, let me just say that yes, it is mundane and it is very boring at first. And sometimes it's boring many, many years later. But what can also happen is that you have these moments of peace and calm and clarity, right? Like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, you, uh, you put mud in a glass of water and you stir it all up. And what a meditation practice, a mindfulness meditation practice is like, is like, it's kind of like waiting for that mud to settle. And then there's this clarity afterwards. The cool thing, the benefits are, is just amazing, you know? So, this is an ancient practice. It's been around for thousands of years, um, you know, like 2,600 years, right, um, and or more. And so the, we know there's, like, benefit from that. But then there's all this modern research that shows, like, there were, you know, I've said that, you know, there was a meta-study by Johns Hopkins where there were 47 different studies. They looked at them. And so meta-studies are, like, the best of the studies, right, because they're con- adding up a lot of studies that show that mindfulness really does— um, reduce depression, 
It really does reduce anxiety. It really does really increase feelings of well-being. And for us as parents, it really like one thing that's it, it improves medical outcomes. It helps people sleep better. There's all kinds of things that it does. This like weird practice of like stopping our distraction and our doing and just being right. And and for parents, it, it helps us to be less reactive. And I th- and I think this is where the brain studies are so interesting because you know the seat of our reactivity in the nervous system is the amygdala, and there are these like almond-shaped clusters like back in our brainstem that's like our oh crap response right and it it, it makes our muscles tighten our breath quick and all of those things and one of the things you know all the stress response stuff and one of the things it does is it it by it makes it so that our re we're reactive right and it bypasses the prefrontal cortex which is slower prefrontal cortex is behind the forehead it's the seed of all of our higher order thinking, the impulse control, verbal ability, creative thinking, problem solving, right? These are all the things we want to parent better. And what's really cool as far as benefits of mindfulness is that there are these, they've done these brain scans on people who've done meditation for like eight weeks. And what they show is that they do a brain scan beforehand and then afterwards. And these brain scans show that the amygdala, the like, oh crap, centers, they shrink in in density in gray matter. And the connectivity between the amygdala and the rest of the brain weakens. And the prefrontal cortex, that area of impulse control, it actually grows thicker and more dense. So there's like these literal changes that happen in the brain. And it's this practice that just has zero side effects. It doesn't take much out of your day. It's just a little bit uncomfortable. And it, but it gives us this like edge in being able to use our whole brain, being able to actually, you know, like actually make a thoughtful choice about what, how we're going to parent, right? Instead of just like repeating the patterns of the past. And, and that to me is the key is that we, I want to be able to choose how I want to respond. And what I'm hearing from you is that. It's not just the the calming in the moment. It's not just that in the moment I'm meditating benefit, but it's the lasting benefits you get, you know, as you continue and practice meditation that you start to see this calming of reactivity in times when you're not, you know, uh, practicing or meditating. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's like building a muscle. It's like building a non-reactivity muscle. And sometimes I think like, in the future, we'll be like practicing this the way we now know that we want to build our muscle and go to the gym, right? And that's really taken for granted as, you know, important and accepted. But yeah, it's like, you know, sometimes a lot of times parents ask me like, oh, you know, how do I pause or something like that? And then that's a question I ask myself, right? How do you pause? Like it was always like step number one for like every parenting coach when I was younger was like, first pause and then do blah, blah, blah. And I would be very frustrated. With that. Like, mm-hmm. How the F do you pause? And mm-hmm. it's really like you, you really have to practice these things that you want to grow in your life. Like what you practice grows stronger. So when you do a mindfulness practice, say you do a mindfulness meditation practice where, you know, meditation is a way, one of the ways we practice it's like a gold standard for practicing mindfulness, right? Is that we sit still and we don't do anything else but pay attention to the present moment. 
And when we do this, it's like it's like we're building we're building this the way I think of it as with the people aren't really sure how it works. But what I think is that we sit there and all this stuff comes up in our head, um, thoughts, impulses, distractions, feelings, you know, stuff from the past, all kinds of things. And we practice basically not reacting to it. Right. We practice get, putting our attention instead on the present moment maybe on our breath or on the sounds or something. And as we do that, it's like, it's this muscle of just being able to step back and take in what's happening. Because otherwise we're in autopilot. We're going, we're doing, right? Like think about the rest of your day. You're going and doing. I'm going and doing like all day too, you know? So it's giving us that place to really practice just being present. So you've seen, you know, uh, throughout your life, the benefits of of mindfulness incorporating into that into your life. So then why did you create mindful parenting? Well, I had started I had started like blogging when my daughter was little and I had done a yoga teacher training and I wanted to like share like a minimal yoga practice that can help parents like get their stress out and the mindfulness pieces of that. And I started, had started working with people. I had done a coaching program and I was really trying to like uncover and unpack for myself and for my clients and for the people I was writing for, like, you know, this parenting is so crazy hard. It's bananas hard in that you think you're going to do one thing or be one way. And then all of a sudden you're just not, you know, you're like, you're a mom or you're a dad mm-hmm. and and kids are so frustrating and messy and and the barrage of like choices that men- mental choices you have to make in a day is like overwhelmingly huge you know it's just unbelievable how hard it is and so i i was tr- i was like looking at like oh there's i was looking at these systems of these people who are teaching parenting in different systems and things like like uh, communication systems, like nonviolent communication, parent effectiveness training, different things where they were talking about how to communicate. And I realized that there was this, this whole piece was missing. Like I went and did a teacher training and everything. And I realized that this whole piece was missing about mindfulness, right? That mindfulness was really the missing piece in all of these because these things, they asked you to be so self-aware. They asked you to be so non-reactive to completely like make these conscious choices, all the things we just talked about, right? Like, but they never said so. They never even talked about any of that stuff. It was just like, so I felt like there were all these steps beforehand that weren't even talked about that I had been studying and looking at and reading about for years in the mindfulness world. And I realized like all of these things we were, you know, the if we're going to communicate skillfully, we need to have this self-awareness. We need to not be losing it, right? We need to be able to calm our reactivity and calm our nervous system. If we're going to have a chance, because then it was super frustrating because then I was like, oh, now I know how to respond well. And I still can't implement what I'm losing it, right? So I was like, oh my God, this is so, so important. And so I realized that there was an important piece that I could contribute to this larger conversation about parenting. 
which was we need this mindfulness piece, right? We need this mindfulness piece to calm our reactivity, to understand or have the self-awareness to understand why we're triggered, to, you know, we need the pieces that mindfulness brings about self-compassion, right? About being kind to ourselves, the attitudes of kindness and curiosity, right? Like we need, we need those those tools, those mindfulness tools to process our difficult feelings. We need all that. And it really needs to talk to these communication worlds. And so, yeah, so I, what I saw, this is what the only thing that was helping me. I mean, there were other things, right? Like, but this was the main thing that was helping me in my own life because I had a really bad temper. I still have a pretty intense temper. But my temper just came. I was so stressed when Maggie was little and she's like two years old. And I was so stressed. It was so hard. And this temper was coming out. And I, you know, so I saw, oh, there's all these tools that I need before I can even get to like the communication stuff, like before I can even get to that. And then I saw that there was the same thing with all these like people I was working with, that all these tools really helped them too, to, before they could even get to the communication stuff. And then the communication stuff was important too, but like all these fa- things were the foundation of it. And so then I was like, oh my gosh. And I actually, I remember I was, I've been doing this with some clients and then I was sitting, I was sitting in a, like a green reading. It was like a dopey thing where, you know, you like read a book and it said like, what would you make if there's money with no object and you could do whatever you want for the world? And I was like, oh my God, I need to make this. This is great. So that was the oh, yes. part of it. I just like wrote it down under a tree in the grass. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that inspiration came to you. That's really exciting. I heard you talk about self-compassion. And I think that's where I, th- you know, just expanding a little bit because I, people, um, you know, we, um, you know, being, um, you know, a part of the team, we talk to a lot of um, parents, you know, our mindful parenting members. And I hear so much about like, a lot of guilt or shame or, you know, parents make a mistake and then they feel so bad and it brings them down. And I think, you know, when you talked about self-compassion as being a part of, um, you know, this program, I just found that personally, I never thought I needed, you know, (laughs) self-compassion until really exploring this. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know. I think it is so interesting. We don't think we need it, right? We're like, I just need to like go through. I get the thing. But it ends up being like one of the most foundational, probably more than the mindfulness in some ways, is the self-compassion because, you know, we are human. We mess up all the time. You know, we have such especially like moms and dads who are like, you know, listening to this and doing this work and this kind of thing. We have such high expectations for ourselves. We want our, we care about our kids so much. We love them so much. We want the best for them. We want us to be the best we can be for them. I mean, for me, that's like the most important thing for me, like, you know, and and so when we are human and make mistakes it's like oh or we lose it or whatever you know we have an argument and we scream at them to shut up right like mm-hmm. we yeah we feel so bad yet the thing is like there's this a long history in our culture of guilt and shame and punishment 
And that's kind of like what we're moving away from. But there, it's really deep in all of a, a lot of us as parents, this guilt, like I'm a terrible mother. I'm a terrible parent for doing this thing. This kind of talking to hard, you know, down to ourselves. And so then, yeah, this thing with self-compassion, you know, the research is sh- shows that self-compassion, like everything, the more, more you practice, the stronger it gets. You can grow and change your brain with it. And when you give your, when you're kind to yourself, when you mess up, when you say to yourself, when I say to myself, okay, Hunter, even you, you're teaching mindful parenting. You have permission to be human, right? Like I say that, I say that to myself. And when I, when we can say that was a hard moment, we can try again, you know, okay. But you know, you're, you're, you're doing what you can. That's okay. Like, let's try again. If we can be kind to ourselves, then it's, I find it's like, it's in fact, in some ways, very practical. We're able to like get up from a, that soft landing and start again and repair with our kids. And that's what we need to do because we think, we go and we think, I don't need that because I'm just going to learn this thing and then I'm going to implement it perfectly and then everything will be great. <laughs> it's like, no, sorry, excuse me. No, you are going to be human. You are going to make yeah. mistakes and you mm-hmm. are going to need a process to walk yourself through your mistakes and and get back up and start again because that's what it's like all about is just beginning anew again and again and again and again. For sure, definitely. Um, I want to just take the conversation back to mindfulness for a little bit because I've heard you say before that mindful parenting um, goes beyond just mindfulness for parents. Can you explain more about that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, you know, I'm not the only one who teaches a mindful parenting course and people do that. But what I've noticed is that there, it's like mindful, what it's not really mindful parenting. It's mindfulness for parents. And mindfulness for parents is a wonderful, totally beneficial thing. I completely wholeheartedly support mindfulness for parents. We totally need that for all the reasons there. But there, what I discovered, of course, I discover everything through my own mistakes, but what I discovered <laughs> is, that, is that you can get to a place where you're like slowing down your reactivity, you're calmer, and then you say something that is just like what your parents might have said to you, or you just don't know what to say because you 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 just don't know. And then it's like, kaboom, all over again. And your child is like, Ah, you know, because you're, I'm, at least for me, I had some defaults of like orders and threats and things like that, which are, we, as you know, are communication barriers. So what I really saw was that mindful parenting, if you really are going to, if it's not, if it's going to be more than mindfulness for parents, if it's actually parenting, it's more than like, yes, we need our, to calm our reactivity. We need our presence. We need all of those things. We need to be able to mindfully listen. But then we also need to be able to communicate skillfully. And I think parenting, so much of parenting, right, is like, parenting is like how you're interacting with your kids on a moment-to-moment basis. So that's all communication. It's all communication. So that's a huge piece of parenting that's left out if it's just mindfulness for parents. So I, I, and, and there's a whole generation of us who don't have great communication skills necessarily in our family because 
we, you know, we were raised in an authoritarian way. So those pieces end up being really, really crucial too. Yeah, bringing in mindfulness practice and communication and other things to to really incorporate all together. That's that's great that you you know discovered that difference and you know are seeing the benefits for people. Now we know that parents are very busy, right? We hear it all the time. Parents, uh, you know, how do I have the time for this? You know, I, I don't have the time. Um, I'm sure you've heard it <laughs> even more than I have. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcast right after this break. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Can you tell us then For busy parents out there, which is pretty much all of us, you know, what are some ways you can bring mindfulness practices into their lives? Well, I think one of the things that is important to recognize is that, first of all, is that mindfulness, when you start to establish a mindfulness practice and you get the like the clarity and the groundedness that it gives you in your life, like it, uh, it can actually kind of give you time and you are just I, I, at least I don't know about you, Lynn, like you have to tell me if you feel this, too. But like it, that with a practice, you're you end up being able to f- just focus more clearly on what you're doing and then just be more efficient in what you're doing. Do you think do you notice that in your life? Yeah, there's a lot of times when it's hard for me to focus. And so I have to actually step back and give myself like a, you know, like take that time to to do a quick, you know, meditation, um, you know, just for a few minutes to come back and then 
be able to do things faster, you know, and, and with more clarity and focus. So for yeah. sure. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's like a weird paradox in that it gives you time. So first of all, but then second of all, it's this thing that, you know, I mean, really, you can get the benefits of a mindfulness practice in something as short as like five minutes a day. And it, I know you have five minutes on social media, right? Like everybody listening has five minutes on social media. This is our world, right? We know that even, you know, even nursing parents and things like that. Right. So we we can find this time. And so I work with parents on where to find this time. And I really do think it's possible to start with something that's really, really small. Like I sometimes I feel very frustrated, like there's um, other modalities where, you know, like, say, an MBSR class. Well, they'll, they might start you off with, you know, 20 minutes of meditation. And I feel like that's too much to start off with, especially if in if you're a parent. Like, that's crazy to imagine doing something like that. But you could start off with five minutes. You could start off with three minutes. You could start with one minute. And when you do one minute, three minutes, or five minutes for a few weeks, you start to, like, feel this little, this sense of grounding, this sense of clarity. And then maybe you want to add on to it. You know, maybe you get yourself to 10 minutes or something like that. But, like, and maybe even, you know, as your kids get older, you, as that's what happened for me. As they got older, I got up to 20 minutes a day. And, you know, it it can be even just small practices of stopping really can create uh, a momentum and a, a just a place of groundedness in your life and can create an impact and, and can kind of make you hungry to just like do it a little more, but it doesn't have to be this huge thing in your day to to have some impact. It's kind of like I think of it like like exercise, right? Like we know if you're totally sedentary, if you just walk up and down, you know, a, a block every day, that that is going to be an enormous, enormously beneficial, what much more beneficial than where you were sedentary, right? And yeah, maybe if you go running for like 30 minutes, that's wonderful. But you don't have to go from, you know, there's a reason why there's couch to 5K, right? There's like, it's because we we build these, the best way to build habits are bit by bit, little by little. And that's like the most solid, you know, lasting way to build a habit and incorporate it into your life. And then for parents who are like, like I've had, you know, parents who have a baby or something like that. I'll say, like, if you're nursing the baby or bottle feeding the baby, instead, a lot of people will be on social media because, I mean, I totally understand it. Be a baby, nursing a baby can take 40 minutes. Like, it's a crazy amount of time. But it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? It's not like you have to spend the whole time gazing adoringly into your baby's eyes and you don't have to spend the whole time on social media. You could set a timer on your phone for five or 10 minutes and then do a baby feeding meditation where you're feeling your breath, you're looking at your child, you're smelling, you're noticing the moment, you're, you, when your mind wanders, you're bazillions of times as it will, you're bringing your attention back. But it, you know, the, I firmly believe in the middle path, like and starting with what works for you in your life and just making like a small habit that can grow over time if you want it to. That's really motivating, you know, because okay. I think we need to understand that it's just a little bit of time, whatever you can give, 
you know? Yeah. Um, and just, just starting with, you know, that one minute, that five minutes. I think that's really motivating for parents because anyone could so. do it, right? Yes, anyone. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Now, in our, uh, we had a recent coaching call with uh, the Mindful Parenting membership where we were, um, you know, it was brought up about um, bringing mindfulness to your children and talking about how do you, you know, get your kids to, uh, you know, meditate with you or practice in some some other way, you know, and, and seeing that, you know, as a parent, we were, we're, you know, you're typically finding the benefits and mindfulness and bringing them into your own lives. So how do you pass it on to your kids? And I want you to share, you know, what are some of the best ways to teach mindfulness to your kids? Well, I, I firmly, firmly believe that one of the things that has to be a must in when we talk about mindfulness for kids is that you need to have your own practice first. You can't present it to your kids like, here's this nice thing you should do. And I'm going to go over here and scroll on Instagram while you do this practice. No, we can't do that, right? Like our modeling is the best form of teaching, right? And and we want to embody that. So us establishing our own little minimal practice at first like that, I think is is really essential. And then for kids, I mean, a lot of kids are very, kids are very in the moment anyway, right? Like they are so present and with their world. And I think one of the nicest ways, I mean, I want to start with the simplest way to like share mindful moments with your kids. Like for instance, like when you're going for a walk, right? And your child, you know, your small child tugs your hand and wants to look at that bug, you stop and you look and you say, oh my goodness, right? Or or you're walking along and you point out things like, oh, look at Look at the way the wind is in the trees right now and how it blows that, right? Like, so the, you can verbalize out loud um, being present, being being aware of what's happening around you, right? Feeling your feet on the earth and just, you know, noticing the smell in the air, whatever it is. Hopefully it's a nice smell. Maybe it's a bad smell. Who knows, right? But like practicing to be present and and do that with your kids, I think, is can be really, really lovely. And then there are a whole bunch of ways to practice mindfulness for kids. We've talked about on the podcast a bunch of times. And in fact, we're going to be doing some more with mindfulness for kids on the podcast. Uh, But if you want to introduce actual practices for mindfulness for kids in your life with your kids, this is my biggest piece of advice that I totally messed up on. (laughs) And that was... Don't introduce mindfulness to your kids in a moment when they're upset as a way for them to calm down. That's not so good. And and if you call yourself the mindful mama mentor that you do and do that, they may like be allergic to mindfulness for a long, long time. Okay. But instead, instead, don't make that mistake. Instead, make it something fun that you do together that's just calming and relaxing. You know, so for instance, in mindful parenting, we have a little template where you can make a pinwheel and you can each hold a pinwheel and then you can feel your breath come in. And as you exhale, you can blow the pinwheel. You can do that gently to just notice feeling the breath and feeling how it calms our bodies. Um, another great practice for kids that I like is like the belly breathing with the, like a teddy bear practice. Like, as your child, if your child has trouble winding down for bed or wants you to stay there, you know, that, that 
by the way, that's also a great moment for parents to sneak in a mindfulness practice. Sure, honey, I'll stay here while you go to sleep. I'm just going to sit here and breathe quietly in the dark, right, on the edge of your bed. That is a great moment to find a mindfulness practice and very calming for your kid. Okay. But another way you could do it with your kid in that moment is you lie down, you take a favorite stuffy, you put them on your belly and watch as you we're going to help our, our stuffed animal settle down and calm down for the night because they're really excited from the day. And so as we breathe in, our bellies rise and we see our stuffed animal rise. And as we breathe out, it relaxes them and we calm down. And so this is just a way of like developing that sense of breath awareness. So incorporate it into these positive moments, establish that for a while, and then you know, then you'll see if you can maybe use it as a tool in the challenging moments too. Yeah. And I kind of want to reiterate that when, um, you know, making it a big deal, you know, for the kids, (laughs) they like just resist (laughs) my children. If I say meditation, they uh, run the other way. And it's, (laughs) and I think what, what you said about modeling was so important because even though they resist every time I say, would you like to meditate with me? They, um, when we, you know, that when they're stressed or when something happens, I've noticed my daughter, you know, taking deep breaths, you know, or oh. we'll be outside and sitting and um, you kind of sneak it in. Like you said, um, I'll ask her, what, what do you smell? You know, what are you seeing? What, what do you hear? Can we take, you know, 30 seconds? Let's just listen to what we're hearing. And they don't think that it's, mindfulness you know Mm, but mm -hmm. that's when otherwise if I label it they they will run (laughs) (laughs) so funny but they do they come around they can come around I think just making this something in your life that's a tool right that's visible really helps actually my daughter Sora um who's 13 told me that she used the Plum Village meditation app and did a meditation on the school bus on the way to school the other morning. And I was like, well, great. You know, this sounds like a cool time to use it. Yeah. It's totally not me. You know, as I had encouraged, you know, I said, you know, this is a nice app to get. She had her first, her first phone this year. And so, yeah, I was surprised. So you never know. I, I just, you have to let it go. I think it's some ways. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You can see that it's, you know, that they're actually understanding and, and getting it when they really need to, you know, just by you modeling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this was so nice to, you know, talk to you and and get some, you know, clarity. Hopefully people listening, you know, understand more about what is mindful parenting, you know, and how it, um, you know, is beneficial in, in so many lives and, you know, what we can really do to to bring some of those practices to reality for every parent. So I'm really glad that, you know, you invited me on and we got to have this chat, Hunter. Yeah, I'm glad we did too, Lynn. I think you're the perfect person to talk to because you, you know, it's like it's such a great, yeah, you're, you're great you. to talk to about this. I think this is wonderful. Thank you for coming and talking to me. I think it's been super nice. You're, you're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate it. I so appreciate you being here all the way to the end. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you get something out of it, just tell a friend about the show today. 
And we are going to be sharing more about this, but we now have a way for you to listen to the podcast ad-free. You just go to mindfulmamamentor.com, go to the podcast tab, and there's a link for Podcast Plus. You can be a Podcast Plus supporter, and you're going to get ad-free episodes of the Mindful Parenting Podcast in right where you're listening to it right now from this very same place. But you just don't have to listen to any ads. Plus, we're going to give you some extra bonus awesome stuff. So please do check it out. Also, for a limited time, we have the self-care is not selfish. It's your responsibility. Hoodies and T-shirts and even yoga mats, they are going to be gone really soon. So if you're listening to this in the future, sorry. Go to MindfulMamaMentor.com. Go to our resources tab to go get your self-care is not selfish. Tees and hoodies, and they're so comfy. I love them. Rose pink one is really great. I highly recommend that hoodie. Okay, that's all I got for you today, my friend. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm so excited for the 2024. There's so much coming. I hope that you are having rest and peace and ease so that you can be energized to begin anew, right? Because that's what we gotta do. So I wish you all uh, the rest and support and loving energy that you need to make it through your days uh, and be able to notice the good. And I will be practicing that too. And I will be back in your inbox next week. Thank you so much for being here. Namaste. I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I had this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it? who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to 
add your name to the waitlist, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. MindfulParentingCourse.com Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.